right, thank you for that. Appreciate that. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Isaiah chapter number 28. Isaiah chapter number 28. I know I had said that uh, we were, Lord willing, we were going to be starting Revelation, but I was reading through my Bible, and, um, and let me just encourage you uh, to read through your Bible. We are in July, we're in the middle of July here, and uh, maybe you started out in the beginning of the year reading through your Bible, and, and maybe you got behind, maybe you got uh, off or, or whatever. Uh, let me encourage you to pick that back up and just continue doing that. There's just something about reading through the Bible and uh, maybe you won't finish until next March. That's okay. Uh, you know, there, we're, there, we're not going to give you a grade on it. Uh, there's no pop quiz. And, uh, and there's, you know, but it's just something personal for you. And uh, there's a great accomplishment about just sense of accomplishment about finishing reading the entire Word of God. And, and it will bless you spiritually. Uh, there's something about this book, just reading through it and reading and, and studying the Word of God that will help you in your life. And I remember as a, uh, a young child even attempting to do that. I remember I was, I was really little and, uh, and I sat down and I was going to read the whole Bible and I started in Genesis and, and I, I think I might have made it to Genesis chapter 20. And, uh, and then I lost track of what I was doing as, as a distracted child. But uh, I certainly encourage young people, I encourage all people uh, to read your Bible and strive to read through it. It'll be good for you. Uh, Isaiah is in the Old Testament, chapter number 28. And as I was reading through, the Lord really just impressed upon me this passage. And, uh, and really the thought is teaching children. I, I really thought, especially with camp, uh, with junior camp last week, teen camp coming up this week, there is such an importance on teaching uh, children the Word of God. And I came across this passage and I'm familiar with the passage. I've quoted it several times, but as I read it in context, of course, the one passage jumped out to me, but the, 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 the common part, but, uh, but then the whole context really hit me this week as I was reading through this. Isaiah chapter number 28, we'll start in verse number 9. The Bible says, Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. The priest for precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. But the word of the Lord was unto them precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken." Let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the privilege that we have to be in your house, gathered around your word. God, I pray that you would use me. God, I pray that you would speak through me. God, I pray that you would touch each and every heart of each and every person that's here. And Father, we'll be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. And God, we ask all of this in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As I look at the passage, uh, you might be scratching your head saying, boy, that was kind of a confusing passage. And it might have been, uh, and I hope to clarify it, but if you were to read the full context of this passage, you would find that this is a prophecy that is written to the tribe of Ephraim. 
Now, who's Ephraim? Ephraim was a tribe in Israel. And really, it was a privileged tribe in that the land that they were prescribed, uh, there were tribes all around them. So they were in the center of Egypt. In other words, hey, they were protected uh, off to the one side. There were other tribes. There were tribes to their north. There were tribes to their south. They had the sea to the one side. And what does that mean in Bible times? That meant, hey, they were well protected. Uh, somebody wasn't going to attack Ephraim without going through other tribes first. And so they were situated in a beautiful piece of land. And it was located in the center of Israel, and it was protected, and it was situated next to the Mediterranean Sea, and it afforded uh, great waters and great fertile land for growing all kinds of crops. And it, God had blessed them greatly with this prime location that He had given them. However, I want you to go back to verse number 1, and I want you to see the problem that had taken place. This is a, a, a prophecy of condemnation upon Ephraim. Look at what it says. Woe to the crown of pride, to the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is a fading flower which are on the head of the fat valleys of them that are overcome with wine. Here's what's happened. They had completely departed from God. They had become a land of drunkards. They had become a, a land of prideful, arrogant people. And, uh, and so they had started out well. God had blessed them with a, with a prime piece of territory, but they had fallen into sin and totally walked away from God. Well, you say, man, that kind of sounds like America. Boy, it kind of does, actually. Uh, we had been very blessed in our land. Uh, but I want you to notice that, and, and there, look at the end of it. Look at verse number 8, what it says. It says, For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness, so that there is no place clean. Boy, they had really departed from God's Word. And, uh, and, and look at the results of what had taken place. Can I tell you this, this evening that nobody plans on ending up in a place like this? Nobody plans on saying, well, you know, we'll, we'll never have clean tables and there'll be vomit and there'll be grossness everywhere. I mean, could you imagine that's just a, a gross and a disgusting way to live, uh, but yet this is the state of Ephraim. Why? Because of the alcohol, because of the pride. And listen, drugs and alcohol will take control and destroy a person's life. That's what took place here. And that's what they're looking at. And uh, salvation through Jesus Christ is the only way to break the cycle of sin. It'll just continue. And Jesus will, will give you liberty from that. And so that's the whole first part of the chapter. But uh, look with me now in verse number 9. So he comes down to the condemnation. He says, look, nation of, of Ephraim has walked away from God. They're, they're, they're uh, full of drunkenness. They're full of uh, pride and arrogance. And they're not following God. And then he says, there's, in verse number 8, for all tables are full of vomit and filthiness so that there is no place clean. Verse number 9 comes to our text. He says, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? 
He starts off with a question. He's saying, listen, the land, by and large, that is departed from God does not want to hear the Word of God. Matter of fact, they have left the Word of God. They've left the blessings of God. They've left the obedience of the Word of God. And they're not willing to listen to God. So the question comes up, hey, who are we going to teach then? And whom are we going to give knowledge? And who are we going to give doctrine? And look at what he says there in the verse number 9 at the end of it. He says this, To the them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about little children. He's saying, hey, uh, these little children that are, are, are no longer uh, have a bottle and, and they're old enough to eat food, those are the children that we are to teach line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. And so he gets into our text, and when I read all of the context of that and I understood, I thought, boy, what a, what a great passage. And, uh, and we see here, who should be taught? Well, children, that's who it should be. Uh, at camp, I worked during a few summer months when I was at college, and, and the theme of that camp uh, was always, it is easier to build boys and girls than it is to repair men and women. And I'm all for repairing men and women. Don't get me wrong. I'm not throwing them out and saying, well, there's nothing there. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, if we can take young people like these young people and we can train them in the Word of God, hey, they, they have a much uh, great shot at building their life for the Lord Jesus Christ and doing it right from the start than taking people who need their lives repaired. And I'm, Jesus is all about repairing lives. But I'm just saying, hey, it's far easier to instruct the young people. What a great truth. Can I tell you this? Sometimes we think that children are not important. But let me tell you this. In the New Testament, Jesus took an interest in the children. The Bible says in Mark chapter number 10, verse number 13, and they brought young children to him that he should touch them. Watch what happens. But his disciples rebuked those that brought them. They were like, listen, Jesus is here to help other people. He's too busy for these little children. And they, I think they were well-intended. I don't think they were uh, meaning bad. They, they wanted to help, uh, but, but they, were, they were going the wrong way. And they said, hey, don't bring the children up here. And listen to what Jesus said. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said to them, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall... Whosoever shall not, excuse me, receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. Hey, listen, children are important in God's eyes. Children are important to reach with the gospel. You know the reason that we send our van worker, our, our van out, and we, we have workers to go out and, and drive and, and bring those children in? Because children are important in the eyes of God. Hey, we've got a responsibility to reach those, uh, those children. Uh, you, know, you know why we, uh, children can learn the Bible. Um, I mean, we look at it, and this week, uh, I know. Uh, this week, I'm sure some of you guys said verses you never said before. 
hey, you've, you've read, started reading your Bible. You said God made a difference. Hey, God can make a difference. God can use these young people and they can learn the Word of God. Why is it that we have Sunday school week after week after week and we have classes? Because children are important. Why is it that we run VBS? Because children are important. Why is it that we, have, uh, that we run a van route and, and we raise money and send kids to camp? Because children are important in the eyes of God. And so we find here in our, our text that, uh, that children can be taught. Listen, we're instructed in the Bible to teach them at a young age. The Bible says this in Deuteronomy 6, 5, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might, that, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. And I'm just telling you that, hey, children have a, a propensity to learn the Word of God and they're important, we need to be able to teach the children. And so the text asks the question, whom shall he teach? And of course the answer is, hey, start with the children. If there's, if there's nobody else that will listen, hey, start with the children. And we cannot neglect the ministry of reaching young people for the Lord Jesus Christ. They're important. I've noticed changes in some of you kids' lives, and I'm glad about that. Praise the Lord. I'm glad that you're able to come to our church. I'm glad that you're able to go to Sunday school. I'm glad that you're able to go to camp. That's a wonderful thing. And I hear reports of how God is working and moving. And what a wonderful thing. Uh, and so we, then we see that children are, should be taught. But look at what the Bible says here in verse number 9. Uh, what should we teach the children? Look with me in verse number 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Hey, listen, it's great for kids to learn the Bible. It's important for kids to learn the Bible. Matter of fact, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.15, when, when the Apostle Paul is writing Timothy, his son in the faith, it was not his real son, but it was a son that he adopted in the faith. And he told Timothy this, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. You know there's a lot of knowledge in this book. Hey, this book is full of knowledge. There's all kinds of information. Matter of fact, I'll give you a little tip. When I was learning Spanish, um, I, I, was, uh, I was really working on vocabulary. And if you ever learned another language, uh, it's, you really learn to compartmentalize different vocabularies. And so one of the things that I did is I would take my Bible and I would read it through in Spanish. And I was, I was reading my Bible every day. And when I, did, when I came across a word that I didn't know, you know what I did? I stopped and I looked it up. It took me forever to read a chapter. But I remember reading, and you know what I started doing? I started learning all kinds of vocabulary. And then, and then pretty soon, uh, I started learning more, and I, it didn't take me as long to read through because I knew a lot of the words. And, and, and you know, uh, I learned a lot of words like ojo, which is I, 
parparos, which is your eyelid in Spanish. I learned all these little detailed words because they're all in the Word of God and they teach you the Word of God is full of all kinds of knowledge and there's all kinds of information and there's all kinds of science in there. Hey, there's all kinds of things that the Word of God teaches you. One of the things that I believe is important is that, uh, listen, the Word of God tells us what sin is. Hey, that's important to know. What's right and what's wrong? Uh, not just because so-and-so said it was right or so-and-so said it was wrong, but because God said it was wrong. That's important for us to understand. God's Word defines what is right and what is wrong. Listen, God's Word defines us who man is. You know, you learn a lot about people just by reading the Word of God. It teaches you a lot about other people. I remember I was, uh, I must have been 13 years old, maybe 14 years old. And, uh, and, and I remember that uh, I had a motorcycle. I, I, had, I had rebuilt a motorcycle engine, and I got the thing running, and I drove it around. And, and I might have been 15. I don't recall now. But, uh, but I drove that thing for a while. And, man, I loved that little motorcycle, but it was small, and I was getting bigger. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that motorcycle, and I'm going to sell it for another motorcycle. And so here I am, 15-year-old little Shane Rice, saying, man, I'm going to start wheeling and dealing. And we didn't have the internet, so I got the, the, the swap meet paper. And, and man, I was looking up other motorcycles. And, and this guy said he would trade. And so I, I called him up and I said, hey, you know what, I'll, I'll trade you. Uh, and I'll give you, you know, so much, whatever the money was. And, and we worked out a deal. And, and so he brought a bike down. And, and he was older than me. And I, I gave him my bike. And we swapped. And, and I gave him the money. And he left. And, and man, I I got that bike and I was all excited and I tried to start that thing up and he had got it to run fine I don't know what he did I never got the thing to run and I realized that guy ripped me off and now here's 15 year old little innocent Shane Rice that grew up in a Christian home his whole life and and I didn't know there were people like that I just didn't realize hey listen the Bible teaches you about people It'll tell you that, hey, people, people will lie, cheat, steal. Uh, people are, 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 are sinners by nature. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And every one of us are born with this sin nature in our life. And we'll do what we want to do and we'll live our life any way we want to uh, until we get, get old enough. And hey, we'll understand, realize, wow, we're, we're, we're winding up in a mess in our life. And we'll end up really in a problem unless God changes our direction. The Bible teaches us about sin. The Bible teaches us about man. The Bible teaches us, praise the Lord, about God. Hey, there's not a lot of places that you can learn about God. Matter of fact, uh, there's not many places at all that teach about God. But can I tell you this, this afternoon, this evening, that God is the creator of everything. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells me. These people who, uh, who are teaching evolution, listen, were they there? Did they see it? No, they weren't there. They did not see it. Science is the, uh, the observation. I loved science class. I mean, I absolutely loved science class. 
I love to observe and, and draw conclusions. And, and that's what science is. That's by definition science. And listen, those who are teaching these things, they were not there. They did not observe and they did not report. They are theories that they came up with. And if you really nail them down, they'll tell you, well, I don't really know. They don't have any in-between uh, animals that go from one to another. They, there's no proof. They'll tell you, well, the bird, uh, the birds on the island that, that transformed. And, and listen, those birds, you know what they were when they started? They were birds. You know what they were when they ended? They were still birds. They did not change into a monkey or a, a dog or a cat. They did not change in any way. They're still birds. And what I'm saying is that God created everything. That's what the Bible says. The Bible tells us that. And you know what? If God created everything, that makes Him stronger than everything, and that makes Him the authority of everything. And so God is the Creator. And listen, God, the Creator of the universe, desires to have a relationship with every person in this room. Isn't that amazing? I'm amazed at that. You know, there's some important people in this world. I've never met them, I don't know them, and I can promise you, you can drop my name all day long, they don't have a clue who I am. They don't know Shane Rice. But you know what? I'm more interested in God. That the creator of the universe would desire to have a relationship with me and to walk with me on a daily basis is more important to me than any person that is on the face of this earth. And listen, uh, God desires to have a relationship with you. And he gave his greatest sacrifice, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth and he died on the cross almost 2,000 years ago. And many of you, you know that and you say, well, I've heard that before. But why did he do that? He did that because he loves you and he cares about you. Remember the sin nature we talked about? He said, those people are sinners. The Bible says there's a payment for sin. Uh, the Bible says uh, for the wages of sin is death. And when it talks about death, uh, it talks about the eternal death. And the Bible says in the book of Revelation, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. And so it's talking about an eternal damnation. And God did not want to see mankind damned for all of eternity to a place called hell. And so Jesus came to this world being God, God-man. And He lived on this world an absolutely sinless, perfect life. Why? Because He loves every one of us. And He cares about us. And He died on the cross of Calvary why? To take our punishment from us and say, you know what? I died in their place so they don't have to. Then he rose again on the third day, the Bible says, and he went to heaven. And listen, he did all of that so that you and I could be saved. And he offers salvation to every person. I've given the illustration many times that in the past, there was a fellow that was in prison for committing a crime. I believe it was robbing a train, if I'm not mistaken, or a U.S. Postal Service. I think that's what it was. And, and he was in prison, and one of the presidents uh, wrote him a pardon and sent it to him in prison. And, and uh, when, he, when he got the pardon in prison, he looked at it and he said, I'm not going to receive it. 
And the U.S. Supreme Court had to meet and decide. We've never had somebody turn down a pardon before. What are we going to do about this? And the U.S. Supreme Court decided that if a person refused a presidential pardon, that they, they could not force that person to accept the presidential pardon, and therefore he would serve out the rest of his sentence. And that guy, he did that. He served out the rest of his sentence. I don't remember if he died in prison or not, but what I'm saying is this. The very truth is that Jesus Christ wrote out a pardon and He put your name on it and He says, you know what? I love you very much and I want to see your life changed and I want to see your sins forgiven and here's a pardon that has your name on it and He hands it out to you, but if you do not receive it and if you do not take that gift of salvation that Jesus Christ offers to you, then you will serve out the rest of your sentence and it's eternal damnation and hell it's not a good sentence the Bible says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved we're talking about knowledge that's in this book hey the Word of God tells us and listen I don't want anybody to die and go to hell I don't want anybody to, to, uh, to refuse the pardon that Jesus Christ has written to them. I want every person to accept it. I can't make you. I can't force you. It is a personal decision that you have to decide in your life. Are you going to accept the pardon of the Lord Jesus Christ? Hey, we want to teach knowledge to these children. We need to teach doctrine. I won't go into all of that, but there's so much doctrine, grace, mercy, justification, sanctification. And it says here in our text, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Hey, we just keep, keep giving it to them every Sunday, every, every Wednesday class. Every camp, every VBS, we just continue and continue and continue to teach the Word of God. And our goal is, hey, we want to see these kids, A, get saved, B, grow into just Christians that will love the Lord and serve the Lord. Get good. This is going to help them in life. Listen, if you're a Christian, you're living right, hey, you're going to be a good worker for your employee. You're going to have a good, stable job. You're going to, I mean, just your whole life will be more stable because of Christ. And I'm just saying that Jesus Christ makes a difference. What should be taught? We're teaching knowledge from the Word of God. Who should be taught? The children should be taught. And that's what we're striving to do. I want you to notice here in verse number 11, and we won't be long here, but I want you to notice this passage. So we see their precept upon precept in verse number 10. Verse number 11, it says, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Look at number 12. It says, Yet they would not hear. Go on to verse 13. But the word of the Lord was unto them precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, and that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. Listen, there are those who will not hear the word of God. Verse number 12 tells us very clearly there are those who will not hear. 
I tend to think that applies to Ephraim and to those who were drunks and those who were arrogant and those who were prideful and those who would say, hey, I've already chosen my path and I'm not going to listen to the Word of God. That's why they said, hey, teach the children because their hearts are more open, their minds are more open, they're more understanding to the things of God where many people who will not hear the Word of God are already closed in their mind. And the Bible says they will not hear verse number 12, he says, they would not hear, but the word of the Lord was unto them precept upon precept. In other words, hey, they were given an opportunity, and the word of God was taught, and precept was given on precept, but they absolutely would not hear or obey the word of God. Hey, listen, when we're given the opportunity to hear the word of God, we ought to take every opportunity that we get. Because listen, it's God working in our heart. It's God building our life. It's God giving us instruction. Hey, this Word of God, the Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 9, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. And, and what does that word heed mean? It means to mind, to regard with care, to take notice of, to attend to, to observe. In other words, to pay attention to the Word of God. The Bible says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to the Word of God. Taking this book and saying, Man, I understand what it says. I need to fix this in my life. And the Word of God tells us what sin is. Tells us what God expects. Tells us how we live and how we ought to live. And listen, this Word will clean up our life. I have one more verse I just want to give. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes 12.1. It says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. What a great verse. Children are very open to the Word of God. Hey, we need to take the opportunity. Who are we to teach? We're to teach the children. What are we to teach? We're to teach knowledge. We're to teach doctrine from the Word of God to the children. And listen, there are some who will not hear. There's, uh, there are people who will not listen to the Word of God. The Bible says very clearly that it'll be a, 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 they'll go backward and be broken and be snared and be taken. But the Word of God, hey, for, for young people, it's something that we can absorb. It's something that you can take with you. It's something that will impact your life if you follow the Word of God. You've got a, you, you kids, you have an awesome shot at life. I used the illustration this morning. I used Nathan. And we found out he had a scar or two. I have a couple scars on my life. I have a couple scars on my body. You know what they're there from? They're there from dumb decisions that I made. And you know what happened? I got hurt. And I bear a scar that will never leave my life. Hey, listen, these kids, spiritually speaking, hey, they have a good shot at life. We can teach them the Word of God. We can teach them to follow the Word of God and have a clean life that will be good, that will be scar-free if they'll live right and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. We desire to teach children. We desire to reach all people, yes. But listen, there's something special about reaching children 
for the Lord Jesus Christ. We have an interest, we have a desire to teach young people the Word of God. It's an important work. It's not something that's, oh, we just do to occupy them so their parents can, can be in here. No, it's something that's important. That we need to reach the young people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, Father, I thank you for the privilege of having each and every person here tonight. God, I thank you for each one of these kids that come on our van and for their parents or their grandparents or those that were able to bring them tonight. God, I thank you for them. God, I thank you for the privilege and the opportunity that we have to reach and to teach these young people. God, we love them. We love their parents. We love their grandparents. We love their families. God, we desire to see people learn about God, learn about salvation, learn about you. And God, I'm asking tonight if there's one that does not know you as their personal Savior, God, I pray that you would speak to their heart, show them their need for salvation. Oh God, may they be open-hearted and may they not reject the pardon that you offer to them in your word. God, I pray that you'd move and work as only you can. And Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed as the piano begins to play, maybe God's spoken to your heart and the altar's open. You can come and pray at the altar. But maybe you're here this, morning, this afternoon, this evening, and you'd say, you know what? I don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, but I'd like to know. I'd like to, I'd like to receive His pardon. Say, preacher, would you just pray for me? Just by an uplifted hand, would you slip your hand up and and slide it back down. I'm looking around. We don't want to embarrass you, but I want to be a help to you. You say, Preacher, I, I don't know where I'll spend eternity when I die, but I sure would like to know about the Lord's pardon. I'd like to know how I can be saved. Just raise your hand, slip it back down. We'll not embarrass you. Is there anyone here like that? Maybe you're here tonight, and you say, Boy, I haven't heeded the Word of God. My life's not clean like it ought to be because I have not listened to the Word of God. Why don't you ask Him to forgive you of that? Just ask Him to help you to walk according to His Word. You can sit there in your seat. You can come to the altar. You can pray. Their time is open that you can pray wherever you need to do. We want to help you. We want to be a blessing to you. Maybe you want to pray for our children's ministry. Maybe you want to pray for our van. Maybe you want to pray for your Sunday school class or for your uh, for uh, whatever area that you work in. Thank the Lord for the opportunity, the privilege that we have to reach these children.